Welcome to Profits Affogato, a podcast all about growing a profitable business that pours over into your life. I'm your host, Sarah Verhayen, online entrepreneur, wife, and mom of two. I'm the owner of Marish Books, where we help small business owners grow their profits by embracing the number side of their business. It's our mission to make business and accounting more human. Whether you consider yourself not a numbers person or you think playing in spreadsheets is a fun time, you're welcome here. So pour a cup of coffee and join me for inspiration, stories, and action steps to create the life of your dreams and a business you love. For anybody who's growing a business, one thing is for sure that you're going to need to hire help. And there are so many people out there and so many titles that can help you, and it can be overwhelming for knowing where to start. From virtual assistants to online business managers, to operations, to integrators, to project-based support, copywriter, social media managers, I could go on and on. So I was so excited to have Enika on here to chat through all of that. This is something that she helps her clients with, determine who that they need to hire and get all of the processes in place so that that hire goes smoothly. She also has a free guide that we talk about later in this episode where you can get all of this information that we're going to talk about today summarized on one easy to read page. So definitely check that out. And I'm excited for you to listen to this episode. Today, I am here with Annika Roberts, who is an operations consultant who helps coaches and creatives with process, people, and planning as they grow from six to seven figures so their back end backs their brilliance. She's on a mission to help as many coaches and creatives magnify their magic to reach millions while making millions sustainably. She believes that you can transform the lives of millions while making millions without sacrificing your integrity, sanity, pleasure, and joy. Simplicity is elegant and effective while complexity is expensive and cumbersome. The simpler your systems, the faster you will grow your income and your impact. Thank you so much for being here, Annika. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. I feel really juicy today. So good. forward to this call. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about who to hire when. That's a very complex topic, I think. So I'm excited to see how you simplify it for us. Yeah. So before we dive into that, do you want to talk a little bit about how you got to where you are today? Sure. I have two career tracks that brought me here that led me to this spot. The first is I have a 20-year background as a systems analyst and project manager. I was the lead for projects that brought in like $20 million in the first year and led those teams who were on different continents very often in India, different time zones, LA, on the East Coast. And so I've learned a lot about leading teams that are in virtual settings and not just virtual settings, but that are multi-local settings in that arena. And also the systems analyst part, I've learned how to work out with systems. At the same time, I had almost the same length of time in the online space. So that started when my ex-husband and I started a plus-size lingerie store as an e-commerce site. Back when, you know, Macy's was saying, we are never going to sell anything online. Our brand is too (laughs) high class for that. And now here we are Mm -hmm. in 2022. If you weren't online before 2020, you got online then. So we had that business. I learned a lot about the online space, about SEO, about content marketing from that world. And I was also a life coach for about four years. And then I decided to fuse those two tracks together to do the work that I do today, which is helping coaches and creators with their back end. So that years from now, 
your business will be there, your body of work will be present, and you can move forward and impact the world with your work, really. Yeah, I love hearing how those two things combined into this perfect avenue for you to share your gifts. So let's dive in. How, where do we even start about who to hire when? So most of my clients come to me about the fifth, six figures. So first I want to tell people, you want to start hiring with your home first, because Mm -hmm. hiring is about having support, Mm -hmm. really. It's having the support to do the things that you want to do with your life and with your business. So for example, I had a call this morning with a client of mine and I am like the manager in her business and she has an assistant and social media team, but we're there in her business so that she can be a musician and do gigs all over the world and work with world-renowned musicians. So hiring and having help is about you having the support you need. So typically when I work with clients, They have young families Mm -hmm. and they're growing that way. And so I always tell, even if you don't have a young family, to make sure that you're well supported at home because then you have the extra overflow to give to your clients and to give to your business. So I always say start with like a house cleaner, Mm -hmm. make sure that you have help with your kids. If they need tutors, that they have tutors, make sure that, you know, if you need a babysitter or a nanny that you have that in place so that you can be present with your kids and have the overflow to give to your business as well. That's where yeah. I get started. Yeah. yeah, that's not what I what I was expecting you to say at all, but that makes perfect sense, which is to have that support, like you said, to be able to expand and have more energy for your business. So what do you recommend after that? After that, most people, when they start coaching, their coach tells them, you need a VA, you need a VA, you need a VA. And I, I, I'm not down with that. <laughs> I never tell people, oh, go get a VA. That's because VA is a very generic term. It's a title. It's not really what you need help with in your business, or you, you're maybe not sure what you need help with in your business. So somewhere between maybe like 10 and 20K, you're starting to need some help in your business. But what you're wanting to do is to get a clear picture of everything that's on your plate and kind of group like things together. Mm -hmm. So you might need a social media assistant if that's the thing that you want to amplify. Or if you're finding that you need support in delivery, you might need somebody that I call them a client concierge that works with your clients to make sure that their onboarding experience is wonderful and that they can find everything in your programs and they have an extremely good experience with you, especially if you're a high value coach Mm -hmm. or you're selling high ticket. You want to make sure that your clients get that touch. Or you might need somebody that's not particularly helping you with sales, but who is like, when you make a sale, what what needs to happen after that? Or how do you prep clients for sales? So those are just three examples, but none of them are labeled as virtual assistant. You might need a tech person in your business. You might have a very passive income stream with a lot of courses that you're doing and you want somebody to just deal with the tech. So the the question here is, how do you find out who that person is mm-hmm. really that you need in your business? That's where I come in to help mm-hmm. you to, to help you to do that. So I'm not going to say like hire a VA or hire uh, mm-hmm. whatever it is, but you're going to want to start hiring people first to do projects for you. Mm-hmm. 
that when you hire people to do projects for you, you get a sense of how you work. You get a sense for what for how to respond if people aren't responding to you or ghosting you. You get a sense for how much you're willing to let go of things. Yes. And you're learning <laughs> to let go of things. You get a sense of how you give instructions, how you communicate. You know, you learn if that's something that you need to work on for your for people who are working on your team. So I always tell people, start off with hiring people for projects, probably between that 10 and 20K. And then around 20K-ish, you're studying your business. You know your offers. You know your people. You know what you want to sell. And you've probably worked with two to three contractors in those projects and with that project-based work. So you have a good sense of how you want to interact with your team and how you want to engage with them. At this point in your business, you may need somebody more dedicated. I call it like your first dedicated hire. I don't use the word employee or contractor because then it just, those are legal terms that really don't suffice for the role that you want. So you're wanting to stay away from legal terms or generic terms. Think about this person in your business. Who do you need in your business to be like the steady person Mm -hmm. in your business? And what do they need to do? How are they going to interact with those contractors? Because you're probably feeling at this point, like, you know, you have people on your team or you have people doing work for you, but you're still very much in the weeds. Mm-hmm. So what's the next step after that? Now it's time to get somebody who's dedicated, who can start to coordinate those people, who can start to communicate your ideas to them. And so that frees you up some more. Remember, hiring is about support, freeing you up to have overflow. I want to jump in and tell a story from my personal experience. I love how it's like starting small as you develop your leadership skills, because managing a business is so so much of a different skill than probably whatever skill got you into starting a business, right? I remember when I first started my business. So growing up, I was always like, if I was getting my hair washed at, you know, a haircut place and it was too hot, the water was too hot. I wouldn't say anything, you know, just very like non-confrontational kind of. And so when I first started my business, I was like, I'm going to go get a massage and I'm going to tell her exactly like if the pressure is too heavy or if it's too light and just those little things of practicing, not managing somebody, but explaining your expectations to somebody can go a long way. Do you have anything to add with that? Yes, so this is why I also tell people to start with home as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because most people, when you hire hire a cleaner, this will tell you a lot about yourself. Most people, when they hire a cleaner, they clean the house before the cleaner gets there. <laughs> so that right there tells you a lot. You already are having trouble letting things go, right? <laughs> right. Or it, it shows up as you're either having trouble letting it go or you're having trouble being brave enough to voice your expectations, standing mm-hmm. in what you truly desire and explaining that to somebody. And then on the flip side, there are people who are very, very good at explaining what they want to people, but they don't do it in a way that endears the person to do it very well for them. I see. <laughs> so you're going to learn how to communicate what you want in a way that you get what it is that you're expecting, right? Mm -hmm. And you're learning this. I tell people to learn this in their homes first when they're working with people on projects. And then so by the time you hire somebody to be your dedicated person, you're in that habit, one of releasing things and you know your tells for when you're not releasing it. So 
you might start off as I don't want to give, you know, like I clean the house before the cleaners get here. Then what might happen is that you're cleaning the house while the cleaners are there. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know, like you, you have people come over to clean and you're just like, well, I'll just clear down this, this table while they're cleaning next to me, like vacuuming. Next to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're just, you're getting in the way, right? Right. You think you're being helpful, but you're not. <laughs> Right. And the same thing happens when you're hiring in your business. You start to, well, I'll just check the emails. You know, like I, I delegated email handling to my executive assistant, but I'll just check the emails anyway, or I'll let me see what's going on in here. While she, that is saying you're not willing to let it go. So you're, you, it's not that you're not going to do it. It's just that you are be, become aware of when you're doing it and you can mm -hmm. always change your behavior mm -hmm. at that point. You want to learn what your tells are for how you deal with your team, mm -hmm. you know? And then communication is the other thing. You're, you're going to learn, like, what's exasperating for you? Do you Are you one of those people where if you say something one time, you don't want to have to say it again? Mm, yeah. So how do you make that so with your, with your team, mm -hmm. really? How do you learn to make that, that a thing with your team? Is a lot of this kind of set in like the interview and the hiring process, setting those expectations, or is it developed more over time? Have you found? It's set even before. It's okay. set when you see on paper mm -hmm. what it is that you need this person to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that also is a, is a spot where a lot of people misstep because I see coaches and creatives tend to like, Oh, I need to hire somebody. I just want them to take everything. Like, take this cup from me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just throw everything over the wall. Yeah. And when you do that, then you have people working on things that you don't want them to do. Mm -hmm. And then when they're doing that, then you get upset that they're working on things that you don't want them to do. And you start saying, well, it doesn't pay off to hire somebody. That becomes an issue. So what's your one thing to do is before you're even hiring, when you're starting to write that role description, before you do that, I have what's called the leads process where you first look at everything that's on your plate, look at what you need in order to grow so that whenever you hire somebody, you know where you're plugging them in to align with growing your business so that they can help you grow. You're removing all the stuff that you don't want or that's not bringing you joy or money in your business. There's no need to have it there. And worse, there's no need to pay somebody to have it have it there. You're going to get very upset. You're wanting to automate what can be automated because mm -hmm. repetitive tasks are boring for your team and they're expensive for you. Mm -hmm. Why pay somebody to do something that's done the same way every time? And then you want to start delegating. Mm -hmm. And then you want to start talking about fits and personality. And that's and what's a good temperament for this role that I'm creating in my business. Mm -hmm. So you want to do all that work beforehand. So when we're in my um, programs, we do all that work ahead of time. And then we start working on, let's now start the hiring package. Let's put mm -hmm. the hiring package together, which is your role description and your application. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of work behind the scenes that needs to go on to have an effective and efficient hiring. It sounds like yeah. So you're not just like, I need help. Here's a couple of things. I don't know what else. Maybe this too. <laughs> right. And you just keep tossing things over, tossing things over. You're like, uh, and now it's like, 
you don't know what this person is doing. A lot of people say that I have a VA, but I don't know what they do for me. And then you feel resentful. So right. you don't want that to happen. So let's let's do it well upfront. Yeah, that makes sense. So one of yeah. the positions you mentioned earlier was a client concierge, and that sounded very interesting to me. I don't think I've heard that term before. So can you talk a little bit more about what that is and what that person does in a business? That's the person that interfaces with your clients. That's the front-facing person. Mm-hmm. So typically, some of the things that they might do is moderate your Facebook group if you have mm-hmm. a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. that person may be the person that does all of your onboarding. So by the time somebody says yes, they're the person that'll send them the invoice and take the payment and welcome them into the program and kind of also orient them within your program if you're running a coaching program. Or they will orient them to the package. Like these are the things that you need to do next in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. They're the person that helps your clients be successful okay. in your program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So there are a lot of terms and positions like VA, OBM, integrator, executive assistant, I guess. I guess what guidance do you have on figuring out who you're needing? And also, is it kind of standard across the board or is it really more specific to your business? And you need to be very clear on just because somebody says they're an OBM isn't necessarily what I actually need. Right. So both things. So these terms are not standardized. Mm-hmm. I tell people it's like the alphabet soup, right? VA is one term I think is a catch-all for everybody that does things in your business. Like they're actually going to come in and do the thing. They don't typically do a lot of strategy unless it's like a tech VA and they're trying to get like your workflow before they implement um, software. But typically VAs do things in your business. That one is very clear. Mm-hmm. What type of VA you need? Like, are you looking for a social media assistant? Are you looking for a client concierge? Right? Like what the role is, you probably want to get a lot crisper with that and not just say, oh, I need a VA. Because you may get somebody who's very good as a client concierge. Like they're very good with people. They're very good interfacing. They're very good with nurturing clients, but they're terrible at social media. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to have anything to do with social media. So if you really needed a social media person and not a client, not a nurturing type person, then if you hire them, they were a VA, you wouldn't get what you needed. So within the VA world, you need to be very clear on what type of doing do you want done in your business. Mm-hmm. And then there are the EA, OBM, DOO, integrator words. So mm-hmm. those roles, EA is kind of like a blend of a VA because they're doing a lot of things. They're probably 80% doing and then 20% coordination. But OBM, integrator, and DOO, even some people are calling themselves fractional COOs. These are the people in your business who are the crossroads of strategy and execution. So this person typically works with the business owner. The business owner says what they want done. This person says, this is how we can get it done. And then they turn around and they talk to their team about who's doing what to achieve the the objective. Mm -hmm. So they're like in between. In my space before, this this is what the systems analysts used to do or business analysts used to do. It's kind of know what the business wants and be able to communicate it to the people who are making it happen. Mm 
mm-hmm. and coordinate those efforts to make sure that it happens in the right time by the right people and in the right way as well. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing you touched on was automation versus hiring. <laughs> so like you said, making sure you have things automated that can be automated and that you're not hiring somebody to do those things. So what are some common things that you see maybe people hire out that could easily be automated that they might just not know about? A lot of onboarding can be automated. So invoicing, mm-hmm. payment processing, even sending out that first welcome email if you have a standard welcome email. I see also a lot, there are some that are hybrid. So a lot of social media can be a hybrid of automation and having a team member come in. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, if you need to schedule posts, that might be part automation, but the you still need a person to take the post from somewhere and to repurpose it. Mm-hmm. So you have straight automation, hybrid, and then you have things that only a human can do, mm-hmm. which typically has to do either your high touch business, low volume, and it doesn't really make economic sense to automate invoicing because you're only doing like one every three months or so. I have a client who does six figure coaching, like somebody signs up to work with her and it's a six figure package for the year. And so she only has like 10 people, five actually that she wants to work with. Mm -hmm. Well, do you need to have this big QuickBooks integration with an invoicing here and then a payment processing there? No, it's five people for the whole year, right? So it might be better to have your EA do that because that will be part of her job, but not the whole, Mm -hmm. not the whole thing, but it may not make sense to set something up to make that happen. Yeah. Because it's five people. Yeah. That's a great example. Okay. So it sounds to me like the order of hiring so far that we've talked about is support in the home. When you say project-based, do you mean like projects within the business? I mean, like anything that you want done in your business that is just for a fixed time Mm -hmm. or something that's... So one of the projects that I always test people on is, especially social media people, is Mm -hmm. start building my content library. I have tons of content out there. I need to gather them in one spot, put it all together. Right. That's a finite thing. Somebody will be maintaining it going forward, but I can get a really good sense of if you know what you're doing as a social media person, if Mm -hmm. you can do that. And if you have good organizational skills, like how is your writing, you can catalog things well, that's what is needed for that job. Or another project that people can do is I have my client files. (laughs) scattered scattered about can you help me organize them right something like that so yeah I've had a lot of coaches have been in a business for like 10 years they may have been working with different software they may have had client files in just different place so kind of like I need my client files all together another one might be I've been giving my clients worksheets I want to start maybe a group program or something like that. So can you organize all those worksheets that I've been giving clients over the years Mm -hmm. and like put them in one place and, and again, organize them so I can see what could be in a module. Like what, if I'm teaching this class, these are all the assets that I would need for this class. So Mm -hmm. those are like three different types of projects that someone can do Mm -hmm. that is in your business and you pay for these projects. It's not kind of, you don't pay because you're basically interviewing them to see if they can step into that role going forward. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So giving them a project as sort of 
a trial almost, like a paid trial to see if they're a good fit for continuation working together. Yeah. Yep. And also I don't actually frame it as a trial. I frame it as I have this project. Right. And I need some people to do it because what happens with that is typically you may have at least one person ghost you Mm -hmm. during that time while they're trying to get this, this person. You may have one person come in and like they do it, but it's not really what you wanted. Like you, and then you learn what you, you learn what you want and you learn how to articulate it better. Mm-hmm. And then you bring in somebody that can do it, but it doesn't cost you mm-hmm. having somebody permanently in your business. And you learn about a lot about yourself and how to interact with and engage with team members. And you also get something in your business done that you need done. Yeah. Yeah. So is it after the project hiring phase, then you look into like the OBM integrator or are those kind of with one of those project people potentially become that person? So after the project phase, then you're going to start to hire like a contractor to do this on an ongoing basis. Okay. So probably between like 10 and 20, you're interviewing people with those projects. Mm-hmm. 20s around the time that you're starting to bring people contractors in. And then at the end of that, then you're going to want to start to think about, well, now how can I get myself, after you've learned how to do this really well yourself, manage people, mm-hmm. how can I get myself out of that management role and get somebody into that coordination type role? Mm-hmm. So that, that frees me up even more. And mm-hmm. then my team is still running independently of me. And that happens around like 40K a month, yeah, right around that time. Mm-hmm. Again, because in that, in that period, you're learning. Mm-hmm. You're learning what you're wanting for expectations. You're learning what, how you want to do things. And now you've worked with people. They have some SOPs in place mm-hmm. from you as well because they've been doing it for a little bit. And then your OBM or DOO, COO, integrator, whatever they want to call themselves, EA can come in and now they can help you run that team mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. So I'm sure by now you have a pretty vast network of all of these types of positions and people who do all these things, but for somebody looking to hire any of these, what do you recommend on just like where to start looking for people? So I always recommend like in starting in-house, probably the most difficult one to get is the project people. Mm -hmm. That's the one that you get from like Upwork or from VA groups. Mm-hmm. Or you talk to someone in your network and they can help you find that person. But after that point, you pretty much have worked with a lot of contractors as the business owner. And you have a network of people and you're like, okay, now I'm ready to have somebody coordinate things in my business. This person was really good at coordination. Let me tap them to do mm. this going forward. Yeah. So you kind of like look in-house for, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. For things. And in-house, not just meaning people who are currently working with you, but people that you've worked with. Right. Things like that. Yeah. And also work with people in your network as well. If you're a coach, you have a group of, you know, like Mm -hmm. you have your biz besties. So Mm -hmm. who have they worked with that they, that was a good person? Mm -hmm. I mean, there are lots of good people and there are, there are also lots of positions, but not everybody's a good fit at the right time for that business. And so it might be that I wasn't working with this person because I didn't need them at the time. I think they'd be a great fit for your business. Mm -hmm. And then when interviewing somebody and deciding 
if it's the right fit. What tips do you have around, I guess, interviewing and personality wise, but also, I guess, once you've set those expectations of this is the type of person I'm looking for, what tips do you have around interviewing? I like asking personal questions more than I like asking skills questions. Mm -hmm. Because I always feel like skills can be acquired and fits cannot. Either someone can jive with you and vibe with you or they can't. I'm also looking, because I feel that, that skills can be acquired, I'm looking for somebody who is open to learning, who's excited about learning new things, who has the aptitude to get things quickly. That's one of the biggest things that I look for when people apply and when I talk to them in an interview is mm -hmm. how are you with thinking on the spot? One person I interviewed recently for a client, we were interviewing for her assistant. When we had our interview, her Zoom, we can get the Zoom right, we were having technical problems. And so she stayed calm through the mm -hmm. whole thing. She was very calm through technical problems. And then she called in with her phone. Mm -hmm. And then we had the interview. She had the job before we got into the interview <laughs> because of how she handled that situation. Yeah. Yeah, that's so great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw her application beforehand and I had researched her beforehand also. But how she handled that situation, which, you know, a lot of people would maybe panicking or they were, they might get flustered. Mm -hmm. But she, she was very cool. She had a level head. That told me more about her and her ability to adapt mm -hmm. than any question could have. Yeah, absolutely. Actions speak yeah. louder than words. And that was kind of an ultimate test for her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you might not have that, but you mm -hmm. want to talk about, you want to get into conversations about adaptability, about like maybe people who have, do they have any athletic inclinations? Have they learned any instruments? Mm -hmm. Ask them about things that they, that may that they have learned or acquired, learned a language skill. Mm -hmm. For example, what you're looking for with those types of questions is, are you able to stick through the mucky muck of figuring stuff out and mm -hmm. get through that to actually get the language or get this, get, you know, like do the athletic thing or learn the mm -hmm. instrument? Or is it something that you kind of like cast aside after things get difficult? Oh, yeah. Because what's going to happen is when things get difficult for them in your business, they're going to come knocking on your door for you to figure out the problem. Mm -hmm. So. Or disappear and you don't even that. worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As far as making your business a great place to work and kind of having a good culture and especially with being online businesses and working remotely, it can be easy to kind of feel like cast aside maybe. So do you have, this might be a little bit outside the scope of what you do, but do you have kind of recommendations of routine check-ins or anything like that? Like what tips would you have around building that culture? So it depends on the culture that you want to create in your mm -hmm. business. I'm not avoiding the question, but I'm going to say that it definitely depends on the culture that you want to create. And then it also depends on the person that you're working with. So some people are very private people and then, you know, like they want to come in, do the job and they are contractors because right. they don't want to do all the, the water cooler stuff. <laughs> and then there's, there are some people who do want to be very close with the team. And those people are very good for dedicated positions where they're there for more than 15 hours a week. And so then that person is on team calls once a week, you know, 
or once every other week, they're engaging a lot in things. They have their hands in a lot of different things and they're really bouncing back and forth. So really, I'm gonna go back to, it depends on what you want for your organization. Do you want people to come in and kind of like do it and then have their time to do whatever they want to do? Some people want that. And then there are some people that want to have that interaction and that engagement. Mm -hmm. Also, when you're thinking about those two things, think about when in the phase of your business you're hiring. Remember, we were going like zero to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 40. Those folks that like to be connective a lot are great when, again, you have more than the 15 hours plus. They're great for dedicated positions. They're like the gel that holds everybody together. Mm-hmm. And then those people that are kind of like, I just want to kind of want to do my thing. A lot of social media assistants are like this. Like they just want to do the social media thing and then don't talk to me after right. that. That may be somebody that's a team member but not that key person on your team. Yeah, that's such a great answer. It's perfect, really, because that's the thing is that you have to keep in mind how somebody else wants to be communicated with, not what you value and how you want to be communicated with. And I think that's such the hard thing because as business owners, especially online business space, and we're out there on Instagram and podcasts and you know showing our faces and talking to others all the time, but somebody else might not have that same drive to be visible and to be face-to-face with the people they're working with. So yeah, I think that's a great, a great point. So is this a conversation kind of you have up front and saying, or is it something that you set? <laughs> so again, it depends on the culture that you want to foster in your, in your own business. Do you want to build a team where everyone is participating all the time? Mm-hmm. This also invites the question as to what's a full-time person for you. It opens even more questions. And I think Trying to have this conversation before probably half a million dollars is a bit premature because Mm -hmm. your focus is different. Your focus is on, let's get the business really solid. Let me make sure that I could pay a team. You're still, you're building your assets. Half a million above, now you're starting to think of how do I want the internals, the insights of my business to be? Mm -hmm. You've been thinking about what you want to create and put out into the world. Now you're starting to think about what, I'm creating something, I'm putting it out into the world. What do I want the insides of my business to be like, mm-hmm. right? How do I want my people to be supported, if at all, by mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. What's, what are our values and how do I want to interact with them? And this is why when you're, when you're bringing on those stable people or those people that you intend to be there for a very long time, mm-hmm. you want to have worked that out in your being and in yourself. How do I want this business to show up in the world? How do I want us all to work together? Here's a typical example. A lot of coaches say, oh, I want to be all kumbaya with my team. And I I want them to have vacations and and I value their time. And I don't need to micromanage their time. But then when you're launching, you want everybody to be there. Well, when I interviewed, you told me that I could do things on my own time and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. And now we're in six weeks of launch. And all of a sudden you're wanting me to cancel vacations Mm -hmm. and postpone trips and be available outside of office hours. So really think about as the business owner, how do you do business Mm -hmm. and what type of team will you need to support that business? Mm -hmm. That's the culture that you're creating. Also, 
do you really want that kind of culture? Do you really want the launch culture? Do you really want, or how do you do launches different so that you can honor your people's time? Or do you not care? It's okay not to care. It mm-hmm. really is. But you have to know for yourself what you want for your culture to be in order to build any culture. Right. That. Yeah, yeah. Build intentionally. It all goes back to that back end planning work before you even start the process, right? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Today, I think corporations are starting to figure this out. Like, not everybody wants the same thing. Some people like money. Some people want their time. Some people want time and money. Some people want benefits. Some people want, you know, some people want praise and they're fine with time or money. It's, it's just, you got to know what you're willing to do and you have to know, okay, this person likes a lot of praise. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the person praising them all the time. Right. <laughs> so that might not be a, a good fit for me yeah. or, and my business at this time. Right. And also staying in touch because those things can change. I've gone through seasons where money was a priority and then seasons where time was definitely the priority with things going on in family and stuff. So yeah, all that is so important. And for businesses as well, because businesses, especially in that space between six and seven figures, Mm -hmm. you're growing fast, right? You're doing things that you've never done before in your life. And you're learning a lot very, very fast. You're learning a lot about yourself and about how to do business. Mm-hmm. And so you look at your corporate culture around half a million dollars, but when you're at like 1.5 and 2 million, it's going to be a whole different story because your business is going to need something different. You're going to need something different. And you would have learned from that entire experience beforehand. Mm-hmm. And you can create again. So none of this is like... Set in stone. This is all you're emerging and you're growing. And what you're wanting to do is make sure that you have the space, give yourself the space and the grace to change. Yes. And again, going back to the culture is creating the culture where people are allowed to make mistakes. And that includes you as a business owner with showing, like leading by example and coming up, you know, and saying, I'm sorry, I dealt with that this way. I would have done it differently. I will do better in the future, you know, and that creates that safety for your team members to take risks and make mistakes too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been such a great conversation. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up? So the Huta Hire guide is available on Sage Simple Solutions. It's bits.ly slash SSS Huta Hire. And that'll give you a better view of like the different phases which integrator you're going to need, whether somebody needs to be dedicated or part-time or on a project basis, and also what kind of roles you might need to fill along the way as well. Perfect. Yeah, that sounds like such a great resource as your business grows and it changes constantly about who you need. And then where can we find you on social media or anything like that? So on Facebook, I am Annika Roberts. If you just type in Annika Roberts, I think I'm the only one, but it's <laughs> interesting. My The URL has my maiden name in it. On Instagram, it's Sage Simple Solutions. Mm-hmm. And I'm not quite on LinkedIn yet. So. Okay, well, we'll drop Facebook and Instagram then. Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then the question that I ask all of my guests that I have on the podcast is... If you could tell yourself a year ago anything, what would it be? And it can be encouraging words. It can be advice. It can be anything. And then if you want to give some context about where you were as it relates to that, feel free. A year ago, I got married on June 20th. And I was like returning ah. from there. And one of the things that I, I learned is 
around this whole topic of hiring also. I was earlier, much earlier in my business, so I didn't have that many people or a full-time person. And I would say, if you're going to take time off, you know you're going through a life event, a life-changing event, make sure that you have the support in place in your business to keep your business going while you go through that life event mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Because the, what happens is in business is the things that you're doing today is what results in the fruits of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So if you stop for a life event and today, you're not going to feel it today, but you will feel it three to six months down the line. Yes. So, so good. make sure that you're supported through that life event. It's like yes. having a doula when you're pregnant, you know. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. it sounds like hiring somebody, not before you need them, but how do you find that balance between hiring somebody too soon or too late, which can be just a disaster? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. So I don't know that you could do the too soon yeah. thing, but <laughs> you can definitely do the too late thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Typically with myself and with my clients too, I, I had a client, her business is like multi, multi six figure business, half a million dollars. And she was doing everything. And then, so she's doing everything for a long time. She was mm-hmm. kind of like dancing around me for a long time. <laughs> and so finally I was like, you know, Paula, you have to set up a call. Like this is, this is insane. And the first thing we do is go through and we dump everything that's been on her list. My hair so just like, oh, this is why I don't do anything else. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's no time, you know, like she has mm-hmm. 168 acre farm she wanted to work on. And that was just one. She had two businesses. One, that was one of them. I was like, yeah, if you want this to continue beyond you and, you know, and this work to continue, you're going to start to, you're going to need to get some help. Most people wait until it's too late. Very few people hire early. What yeah. happens is they don't hire the right people at the right time. Interesting. But yeah. not really that they hire too early. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for joining me. I've had such a great time chatting with you today. Oh, Sarah. Yes. Same here. Same here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Profits Afogado podcast. For all the links mentioned in the episode, check out the show notes. And as always, I'd love it if you would find me on Instagram at Marish Books, screenshot the episode, and tag me in your stories with your favorite takeaway. 